I feel the need. The need for a podcast exploring the films and career of Tom Cruise. Welcome to Cruise Views. Gentle. Very gentle. Gentle and kind. I wish we could do the theme live, but uh, we can't. What can you do about it? Hello and welcome to Cruise Views, the podcast that takes a deep dive into the life and movies of corpse-snogging Tomb Raider, Tom Cruise. This mm. week we are, of course, discussing 2017's The Mummy. I'm Tom Ashford and joining me, as always, is another hollow, rotten husk of a human being. Yeah. It's Adam Scott Glasspool. Lovely. Yeah, no, yeah, it's good. It was fine. Yeah. It was yeah. a perfunctory, a perfunctory yeah. introduction, as always. Um. Yes. <laughs> Mildly insulting. But it's not just me, though, no. is it? We've got it's two not. more rotting hulk 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 husks. Rotting husks. Incredible. I was incoherent, much like the film we are discussing today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, four meets function. Lovely, yeah. Tom. We're joined for the second time on this podcast by uh, the purveyors of doom. I don't know how to introduce people who do horror podcasts. I don't know if they like like being, like being picked up as like horror people. But from Gavin Steph versus the Force of Evil, we've got. Gav and or Steph, say hi, both of you. Hello. Hello. Now, I made this I made this mistake last time, is I went, we've got Gav and Steph, and then nobody could tell who was who. So, hi, Gav. Hello. Right, you're Gav. Okay, good. I've got that in my head now. Hi, Steph. Hello. I'm sure that's not Okay, like, and you're Steph. It's still just I'm going to be honest, that Welsh sounds accents. very similar. Yeah. It's, oh, <laughs> it's the other guy with a Welsh accent. Like. <laughs> We're literally about eight miles apart from each other and where we grew up, so our accents aren't going to be hugely different. Where is that? Don't just say Wales. <laughs> we're, we're from the Eastern Valleys. Oh. You made, that sound, from the, you made that sound better than it is, the Eastern Valleys. I've never <laughs> described it as that. Sounds very mystical. I, I'm from the cultural heartland of the Eastern Valleys, Ebervale, and uh, Steph is from uh, <laughs> somewhere that isn't as culturally the, viable. The Cultural oh. arts end. Oh. <laughs> Obviously, this is, a, this is a movie podcast about an American movie star. A lot of our listeners are uh, American. So how close are you guys to Wrexham? Uh, uh, as close as we'll keep them listening. Okay, lovely. <laughs> That's their only concept of Wales these days is wherever Ryan Reynolds has that football team. Uh, we're talking about the mummy. But firstly... How are you guys? Uh, you, you have a second season of your podcast going at the moment. We do. We've uh, we've recorded a few. We have many more to record. I still, <laughs> I still choose to refuse uh, to select horror films, which is you know probably a flaw in a horror yeah, podcast. How are the scores going? I remember it was a, a bone of contention last time. <laughs> um, yeah, season one, I took uh, what can only be described as a horrific beating. Uh, but yeah, I'm doing much yeah, better this time around without giving too much away. Oh. I, I'm doing much better this time around. Okay, yeah. okay. People um, are making bad decisions this season. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. When you say people, <laughs> do you mean you? <laughs> <laughs> um, the Mummy. When we first came to you with the idea of doing this podcast, you guys were like, yeah, we'll do The Mummy. Uh, not just because you're a, a horror podcast, but I heard a rumor that one, at least one of you, likes the mummy. I mean, I, 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 I love the mummy. I think it's fantastic. It's a very enjoyable film. It's just not sorry, this I meant mummy. the twenty seventeen. Yeah, it's just not yeah. this version oh, yeah, of the mummy. Yeah. 
<laughs> I meant the Tom Cruise one. <laughs> I mean, the last time we came on, you did say, which version of the film did you watch? And I thought, maybe this time if I watched the wrong version, I'd be better off. <laughs> I, I don't dislike it. I, right. I, I don't think it's a terrible film. It's not a good film. I'm not going to pretend it's a good film. Mm. But it's, it's not a terrible film. And Cruise has been in worse films. And, you know, first hot Ooh. take of the evening, I think... Uh, Legend, the first film we discussed, is worse than this. Mm. I think there's an argument to be made there. There's an <laughs> argument to be made. I can allow that opinion without feeling physically offended. Oh, well, Tom, Tom allows it. I allow so, it. There you go. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so did you guys see this when it, when it came out? I did. I, I saw it in the cinema. Steph, is this your first experience with Tom Cruise's The Mummy? No, I've seen it before. I didn't watch it when it came out, but of course you did, Gav. It's a horror <clears throat> film that's not a horror film. So of course you saw it when it came out. This is right <laughs> course, up your street. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I must have seen it because it was the Tom Cruise of it all. Tom, did you see... You must have seen this when it came out. I didn't see it in the cinema. I believe I watched it on Netflix. And okay. this time around, I also watched it on Netflix, yeah. and I'm glad that I've not spent a single penny <laughs> on The Mummy. I'm sensing some negativity towards The Mummy. Um, um, hmm, hmm, hmm. Hmm. Let's get into it. It was released June the 9th, 2017. That's a long time ago now. That's five years ago. Uh, which which means we're coming to the end of our Tom Cruise podcast, which is uh, both both very sad and a relief. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, the the one two punch of uh, Jack Reacher, Never Go Back, and The Mummy has wiped me out, Tom. It's, it's yeah. wiped me right out. Uh, it was directed right, uh, sort of. Okay, in as much as a film like this can be directed uh, by Alex Kurtzman. What do we know about Alex Kurtzman? We've come across him before, Tom. Well, I mean, whatever he's done, I've blanked him from my mind. Really? Well, he wrote Mission Impossible 3. Oh, well, that's yeah, Wasn't that's he fine. one of the writers on uh, Edge of Tomorrow as well? Uh, he, or, or have I invented that? I think you've invented that. I don't okay. think that's. I don't think that's true. Uh, does um, it take much writing, Mission Impossible Three? Like, and then it blew up. Like, what? What? Uh, it's not a hell. Of, it's not. A, it's not plot heavy, is it? Mission Impossible Three. No, I, sp- I suppose not. He he works with um, uh, with JJ Abrams a bunch. He also wrote Cowboys and Aliens. Another classic, right? Yeah, Star Trek and its sequel. Uh, he wrote Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen, uh, and he wrote The Amazing Spider-Man Two. Um, he's really knocking them out of the park, isn't yeah, he? He's, he's ruining franchises left, right, and centre. This guy, the yeah. franchise killer. I, I don't know if you're ruining Transformers. That, <laughs> well, that's not a good 80s. film to begin with. It was good in the eighties, <laughs> wasn't it? Like before, before they attached Shia reckon- LaBeouf. Yeah, I guess. Although I reckon Alex Kurtzman probably one of yeah one of the least of the issues of the Transformers movies, probably. <laughs> I would um, suggest so. And he had directed uh, like a Chris Pine drama thing called People Like Us, which I had forgotten uh, existed. I don't think I've ever seen it. Has anybody seen People Like Us? No. No. No, I think we, we speak for the entire film-watching public. 
<laughs> like nobody has seen that movie. Um, I think Chris Pine might be the blandest actor in the entire history of acting. So really? much so, I can't even picture what Chris Pine looks like. Uh, he's Captain Kirk in the Star Trek oh, movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that he can't be more bland than Chris Pratt, for instance. Surely. Mm, Have oh, you heard, you know... His Mario voices. At least Pratt got uh, Park and uh, Parks and Recreation to uh, speak about. You know, what has Chris Pine got to speak about? Uh, Wonder Tom, Woman. He's not yeah, terrible in that. Yeah, uh, he was pretty good, right? In uh, Into the Woods, a film that I I deeply dislike. Uh, but Chris Pine is giving it something. <laughs> he's, he's he's giving it he's giving it some spice. Tom, you strike me as someone who'd be a huge fan of Chris Prine. Prine? <laughs> Chris Pratt and Chris Pine have been combined into one. I forgot his name, which is all the Chris's, Chris. the Evans, the Hemsworth, they all combine into um, this big four-headed Chris. Oh, God. I mean, I, how big's his forehead? It's hard to tell big. because his quiff is so massive. It's deceptive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Chris Pine, I know him from, yeah, like he's in Wonder Woman. Which was fine, and Wonder Woman eighty four, which was less fine, mm. uh, and he was in the Star Trek films, which are all you know fine. Just repeating what we've said, really. Yeah, <laughs> well, I don't know what else. What else is there to offer? You don't know what else he's been, and I don't know what else he's been. Uh, I couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. I, I mean, I didn't look it up because he's nowhere near this movie. No, that's why I don't know how we've got on to Chris Bryant. 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 But there is a vague connection. I I I did some research. And Annabelle Wallace, who plays uh, the not mummy lady. That's what I've got read. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the well, not mummy lady. <laughs> <laughs> Annabelle yeah. Wallace went out with Chris Martin from Coldplay and left him for Chris Payne. Oh my wow. gosh, she loves She's... a bland man. That woman she loves a bland Chris. <laughs> yeah, that woman does not like a personality at all. What do you look for yeah. in men? Nothing. I like beige. <laughs> that is a woman with, who likes no spice in her life in the slightest. Yeah, that's probably... Yeah, that's an accurate uh, representation of the Chris's in general, I reckon. Who's the spiciest Chris? It might be Pine. Ooh. Of those two, well, probably. No, of, of all the Chris's. Of all the Chris's, the Evans, the Hemsworths, the Pratts, the Pines, the Martins... I think Chris Pine might be one of the least spicy. Oh, oh he's nah. in he's in Don't Worry Darling. There you go. That's a film he's oh, been in. He God, is. Did Harry film. did Harry Styles not spit on Chris Pine? Is that Chris We're Pine? not getting into this. This is this is gossip level shite. I can't, well, that's the game, I can't right? tackle TikTok this. TikTok drama. Yes. Right. <laughs> now I'm in. Now I'm in. Okay. You're on board. Now know you know who we're talking now. about. <laughs> the twist in that film. Might be the most irritating twist since uh, the village. Yeah, it's not going did now. Did I like the twist in the village? No, they were living on a roundabout. No, no human did. It's impossible for me to really uh, talk about it objectively because I I never saw it not knowing the twist. Uh, so I knew I knew it going in. The most surprising thing to me about that movie, having 
you know, having already known the twist but not seen it, was was whatever Adrian Brody was doing, uh, which is a, it's a mesmerising performance for zero good reasons. Uh, but anyway... I'm, I'm not saying Gav's ruined my life, but this is the second conversation I've had about the twist ending in the village this week when they've both been with him. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Look, if you do a horror podcast... The Village is going to come up, isn't it? Every week. One of the most brilliant horror movies of the last <laughs> 50 years. Uh, Alex Kurtzman, right? This is the second movie he directed. That's the point I was trying to make, all right? Before we got off on Chris Prine or whatever his name is. It was written by David Kep, who we've, we've talked about and is competent. And I'm not sure how much of his draft actually remains in this film. Um, this is the guy that, in terms of crews, has wrote the first Mission Impossible, wrote Steven Spielberg's War of the Worlds, but he also wrote Jurassic Park, Spider-Man, Panic Room. There's not a lot of evidence that somebody who wrote Jurassic Park was involved in this movie. Uh, but it was also written by Christopher McQuarrie, who, of course, we all know. We all know by now. We've talked about him. Every week, and we'll continue to talk about him and, until Tom Cruise stops making movies, I imagine. He's pretty much the only person he works with. On Christopher McQuarrie, have you ever seen the film he directed, The Way of the Gun? No, I haven't, but I understand that there is a good reason that he didn't direct anything for 12 years afterwards. Well, I actually quite liked it. Well, of course. Of course you did. Is it like approaching but isn't quite a horror movie? Because that seems to be your, your wheelhouse. <laughs> no, no, no it's, a, it's a kind of crime thrillery thing. But right. It, it, it's, uh, it's, it's quite good visually. The, the shootouts are, are quite well paced and well planned out. He's a really good visual director. Uh, in, in one of the best films ever made, Jack Reacher, uh, he is he's he's so good with like the visual stuff in in that film and visual storytelling and of course he directs the Mission Impossible movies now like he he by the time by the time the last one comes out he'll have directed four of them is that right yes yeah yes Tom help me out yes because Brad Bird did number four so yes. Rogue Nation Fallout Dead Reckoning Part One and Two yeah yeah and he also wrote Edge of Tomorrow. This. He wrote on Ghost Protocol. He writes all the Mission Impossible movies. He wrote Valkyrie. That's where he met Tom Cruise. He's Cruise's go-to guy. And it's also this is also written by uh, Dylan Cussman, mm -hmm. who had written a few things for TV, but was primarily primarily an actor. He had a small role in Jack Reacher. So he's just kind of someone that I think came with Christopher McQuarrie when Tom Cruise came aboard The Mummy, which... We'll have to talk about it at some point. Uh, it stars Tom Cruise. Had, had, had you guys heard of Tom Cruise before? Tom who? Tom, Tom Cruise. Tom Prime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> o only through your podcast, to be honest. I wasn't aware of it. I wasn't aware of it first, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, this, this is the point of our podcast, is to shed, shine light on our unsung <laughs> actors. Yeah. Tom Cruise is in this movie. Arguably, that's one of the problems with it. Um, uh, also, uh, Sophia Butella uh, plays the titular mummy. Uh, now, she was in Star Trek Beyond and Atomic Blonde and Climax, which I haven't seen. But I imagine 
Come on, Gav, you must have seen Climax. I've seen Climax. It's absolutely superb. Is it? Okay, cool. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to be talking about it on the uh, the pod some point this season. Oh, excellent, excellent. Um, haven't seen it. Really want to see it. Uh, apparently, she's very good in it. Um, not given loads to do here. No. I think my frustration with it, and if you haven't seen Climax, there's no spoilers, but she was a dancer prior to being an actor, and the opening sequence of Climax is an extended dance sequence done in one take. Mm. And she's an incredibly graceful, skilled you know, uh, dancer, and just the way she moves is really visually kind of interesting. And you've got someone who can move with such kind of grace and such balletic kind of uh, quality, but no, we'll just uh, use some crap CGI to make her all jerky. Yeah. And, uh, it just, it's a waste of a really, really good actress. Yeah, I mean, th- th- that happens a bunch to her specifically in this movie. I, mm. I read a thing with the director saying that he'd seen, a, he'd seen a performance by her and was just moved by like all of the emotion that she could portray through just her eyes. And so he then makes a decision for the entire movie to make her eyes CGI. <laughs> uh, bizarre. Just, just what a weird decision that was. Uh, I do like the way yeah, that Gav will often say something on a very base level and then he will say exactly the same thing in a much more um, contrived way when he said she's a dancer the way she moves is visually exciting which I think is that's a dancer <laughs> that's, that's the old that's the old uh, point no, of a dancer <laughs> but, uh, but it's a bit like Michael Fassbender Michael Fassbender I thought you were going to say flatly I thought you were going to say flatly because <laughs> no, no, no. we were on dance so we? yeah that's what <laughs> But it's like when Michael uh, Fassbender was playing whatever the character is in that uh, the silly Aliens prequel thing, and he kind of changed. <laughs> 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 he changed the way he walked, and Sophia Botella in climax at one point because something has changed. She changes the way she walks, and it's just really interesting. But you know, in this she doesn't because CGI. Right, yeah. I mean, I love physical performance uh, stuff like that. And you know who's a great physical performer? Tom Cruise. Uh, and there's some of there's some of it in this. You know, there's some good physical performance stuff in it. One one uh, section in particular. Uh, Annabelle Wallace. She was in Annabelle, which is apt. Uh, and then in King Arthur. And then um, I've never seen it. Peaky Blinders. Do you guys watch Peaky Blinders? I've seen Peaky Blinders. Have, the whole thing? Yeah. Why? Start, it starts off very strong and then just becomes a bit like... Peter's you know, out, does it? Yeah, just shrug. It's yeah. fine. I can't bring myself to do it because of all of the the stuff around it. Yeah. You know? like It seems yeah. like... Hang on, Steph. Let me, let, wait, let, let me just confirm something. Steph, do you like it? I died. No, I've tried it. It's okay, great. Cool. <laughs> I don't God. even know yeah, yeah. the three the fans of so. it. The fans of it seem very annoying. Like... <laughs> The fans who get like the haircut and stuff can't be doing with it. Cannot be. Where doing I it. live in Sussex now, if you go out on a Saturday evening, there are quite a few gentlemen who clearly have based their entire personality on Cillian yeah. Murphy in that film. Absolutely, they're all there by show. order of the Peaky Blinders. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And she was also in Malignant, which yeah. is oh, uh, yeah. an incredible film. <laughs> like, just it's so good. Uh, demented. Uh, there's only really one other person that I want to talk about who's in this film. 
Tom, he's in one of your favourite films of all time. Uh, it's Russell Crowe. Yeah. Talk to me about your deep love of Russell Crowe. Yeah, well, I mean, he's good in Gladiator, isn't he? Is he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. The best picture, was it nominated? Certainly nominated. Might have won. Uh, it might have won, but that, yeah. did he win Best Actor? I don't know. Maybe he did. He's been nominated for Best Actor at least what twice. I'm oh, do you know say. what? He probably won it for A Beautiful Mind, didn't he? Uh, he was yeah. definitely nominated for it. I don't know if he won it. Oh, for and it. he was probably nominated for LA Confidential. He's a he good actor. That. He's, he's a, a good actor. I'm not saying I, he's not. I, I'm not saying he's not a good actor. Well, he's also a good actor in Gladiator, Adam. He's not right. a good actor in Gladiator. Gladiator is... I, I'm, I'm going to put this it's with my Here Lord of the Rings. It is no, the on. most no, 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 overrated. No, no, no. <laughs> it's in the most overrated pile. Lord of the Rings is rubbish. It's little people walking about. Right, we've been through this. Like he's I mean, destroyed his own argument straight away, hasn't he? Like yeah, you he's can't, made himself you can't look start, a mug. Yeah, you he's can't start off with look a mug. Tom. My opinion's right because Lord of the Rings has little people walking about. No, no already I'm, I'm I've switched off. I'm I've switched off already. There's, a, pre- just, there's nah. a preamble. We don't just jump in. It's the same reason we start in London here for some reason. I got no idea why we're there, but we are. We're digging a tunnel, right? But. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, little people walking about, load of rubbish, dumb on that. Gladiator is is absolutely it's a terrible, terrible film with some good music in it, and everyone fell for it. And I and a CGI Oliver Reed. That's the only thing. Everybody that... fell for it. <laughs> it's it's the second most overrated film ever after the Shawshank Redemption. Oh fuck! Here we go. Yes, thank you. <laughs> the Shawshank Redemption, not as good as everybody says it is. You still give it nine out of ten. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's still a masterpiece, but it's not as not as much of a masterpiece as everyone keeps talking about. It's seven. It's a seven and a half out of ten film. Disgusting. Yeah, I, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. That sounds that sounds right. You didn't go with that when it's on. You give it well, nine. No. You give it nine <laughs> yeah, every time. But I rate it based on like when I've seen. Yeah, that's the thing. I really enjoy it when it's on, and then it just uh, floats away from Look, me. I can't and we've d- we've discussed this. You can't we call. This. You, you can't call Gladiator. One of the most yeah. overrated films of all time when there's things like Forrest Gump available. Or oh, oh, agreed. I hate yeah. Forrest Gump. But Forrest well, I Gump, don't think... it, like, it's surely it's not all meant to be taken seriously, whereas Gladiator oh, it's most, is. It's, and he's still the most right-wing film. Bloody monologues about being the father of a murdered <laughs> son and like oh, like a GCSE Shakespeare play. Get out of here. I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> Crap. Oh. <laughs> Forrest Gump, Gump is is a horrible film. It's just oh, yeah, it's such a right wing message. Oh no, just such a right wing message. If if you if you move away from the norms of society, then uh, then you'll die. You know that's the message <laughs> yes. of Forrest Gump. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let, let's let's set a baseline here for the person who says that Lord of the Rings is rubbish, Gladiator rubbish. <laughs> All these best picture winners, Steph. What's like your? One oh, of your but the Oscar. Films let's not get on the best picture winners because the best picture winners are never the best films, are they? What's wrong with Driving Miss Daisy? <laughs> What's wrong with Green Book? Crash. Yeah, we love Green Book on this podcast. Crash was we love Green Book and Crash. Those films combined solved racism, <laughs> and, and racism doesn't exist anymore. Does not exist in LA anymore. <laughs> Yeah, because what well, doesn't exist in LA and now doesn't exist the world over because of Vigo Mortensen driving a car going, hey, the Gabagool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's, what's like one of your favourite films of all time, Steph? Um, oh, no, no, we're under pressure. This is one of those, you can never answer that question on the hop, can you? 
Um, Jaws, uh, Jaws yeah, for no. me, but that's the obvious answer. All right, um, yeah, no, fair enough then. Right, no, I'm inclined to believe him, Tom. I reckon Gladiator is crap. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he doesn't even like The Shining, does he? Oh, I love The Shining. The Shining's great. It's one of my favourites. The Shining's oh, superb. He hosts a horror podcast, Tom. Yeah, come on. Come on. Come on. Well, I mean, you guys host a horror podcast, so you, you must have seen... This is the third like strand or third reboot of the mummy what are your guys' experience with the mummy in general uh, the the original universal is great mm-hmm. the the brendan fraser movies are superb apart from the third one the third one doesn't exist oh, in the same way that the fourth indiana jones doesn't whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs> no we can't get we can't get sidetracked again <laughs> keep going but it's a mark against you gav <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and this one is fine. There's another one in the middle. There's the there's the, the Hammer Horror oh, one. Oh, yeah. there is a Hammer ones, which uh, I, I have seen, but not for a long time. Yeah, they're somewhere in my distant memory of whenever I was watching Hammer Horror movies. Um, this one is probably like, well, the, the Hammer one is, is a reboot of a different strand of the classics. Because the cl- the <laughs> it gets really convoluted, doesn't it? The universal classic monsters, the things like Dracula, your wolf men, your creatures from the Black Lagoon. They, there's like a classic six movie sort of kind of thing. But then they all have numerous sequels and spin-offs and whatever. And The Mummy is one where they did one with Boris Karloff and then the rest are kind of all spin-offs. Yeah. And that Hammer is a reboot of the spin-off the nineties one is a reboot of the original, because I think aren't like the names the same? Isn't Imhotep yeah. and yeah. Anaxinamun? Oh, they're they're the original names, um, and and then this one is kind of its own thing, where it's it's clearly trying to play off the nineties mummy, uh, but has changed a lot of the plot details and, and stuff like that. Um, the the mummy is probably like as enduring as as Dracula. Weirdly, it's like Dracula, Frankenstein, which is actually the one that Boris Karloff sort of focuses on. He's in a lot of the Frankenstein sequels, isn't he? Um, and then the mummy, uh, which is um, it's interesting because the mummy, the original mummy, I don't think it's necessarily that uh that compelling but it seems to be iconic in a lot of ways but i think a lot of that iconography has transferred to the 90s one i think whenever anybody thinks of the mummy now it's brendan fraser and rachel vice and yeah the mouth in the sandstorm and stuff like that right i think the brendan fraser ones are effective because they take the kind of universal character but essentially they bolt it onto an indiana jones type thing as well don't they and you know you've got lots of really likeable characters and the dialogue's really snappy and it <clears throat> it's a very enjoyable film. Yeah. We, yeah, yeah. Which I, one's this now? Are we talking about the nineties one or this one? The Brendan Fraser. That's the thing is they try the same trick. They try and bolt on an action movie yeah. to the iconography of the mummy and here it doesn't work. Um let's talk about Tom Cruise. What's what's Tom Cruise doing in this movie? Tom? Uh, a lot and achieving very little. <laughs> but, like, why? <laughs> in terms of where he is in his career, right? Yeah. 
He's got his franchise. He's got the Mission Impossible franchise. He's safe. Okay? He's still in his clutches. He's got. He's kind of still got the Jack Reacher franchise. Yeah. We don't know there's not going to be a third one. I mean, we don't know I, he's he going to be recast. He knows in the bottom of his heart. He it's, knows. It's he gone. knows there's not going to be a third one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he just watched that sort of slip away from him as he was making it, I yeah. think. Um, but big star-led franchises in 2017, not necessarily the most popular, most compelling things that are on, on, on the cinema. In 2017, what are some of the most popular and compelling films of the time, Tom? Oh, God. Come on, you love them. You love them. Well, there's Marvel Cinematic Universe. There we go. Yeah, yes, exactly. I was trying Everybody's to think of specifically to... which one came out no. that year. But... Everybody's got to have a cinematic universe, right? This is around the time they started talking about the James Bond cinematic universe, which I think got nixed pretty quickly. Yeah. If there's one uh, franchise that doesn't need a cinematic universe, it's James Bond. Yeah, a series I mean, a of standalone the, adventures. Yeah, that's kind of almost <laughs> one of the problems with the Daniel Craig era, isn't it? Yeah. Is that they're sort of like connected and it just sort of doesn't really work that that well. Um, but Tom is looking around and he's like, hey, turns out there's a lot of money in cinematic universes. I should get on one of those, really. Um, and so we have the dark universe. Now, Gav, Steph, you must have been so excited when uh, when this was announced. I genuinely was, and I yeah, I, I'm still distraught at what happened, and very disappointed that no one else has picked it up instead. But it's know, never going to work with Tom Cruise at his heart, is it? Like he's not he's not your horror yeah, guy. Like had Bruce Campbell pitched this to Universal, like this would have been <laughs> great. Yeah, but you know, what? I tell you, who's yeah, good yeah. for this horror franchise, Tom Cruise, like. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know how that really happened, other than the fact that if Tom Cruise is interested in something, you're yeah. pretty much like guaranteed to make X amount of dollars, so they just signed him up. Tom Cruise uh, is a problem for me in this film. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because he brings nothing to it. And if this was a mid-budget film instead of a painfully expensive film, this would be far more enjoyable. But because Tom Cruise isn't it, Tom Cruise has to be far more involved... Yeah. And this is not one of his more charismatic performances. And you have no. you barely have Sophia Boteller on screen, which is a huge waste for me. You know, she's a fantastic actress. It, it just he, he ruins a film. It's all Tom's fault. I tell you what else he manages to do, right? Which is fitting for Tom Cruise. Like the nineteen ninety nine mummy is like a bisexual classic, right? Every character in it, it is damn sexy mm. for Reasons that I cannot explain, men and women, right? Yep. But Tom Cruise Absolutely. is always weirdly sexless. Like he is yes, never he is. a sexy mm-hmm. guy, despite like he's got the abs and he's he's kind of got the looks and he's got the the he, like he should be a sexy guy, but he's not. He's weirdly neutered, and the film feels the same. And it is so sex. Whereas the Mummy, the nineteen ninety nine one, is really sexy without ever really Very trying sexy. to be. Yeah, even the Mummy is sexy. In, everything in, is uh, sexy. It's a bisexual man. The whole damn yeah. film is sexy. Well, everything <laughs> yeah, about it is, it is great. Yeah, uh, but the the uh, I I understand what you mean. Like the, the I can't think of loads of um, examples of Tom Cruise movies where you're like, God, Tom Cruise has got a good chemistry with the female romance yeah. interest. Like, yeah, I can't. I genuinely cannot think of one really. Um, but then, can I ask you a question? Yeah, yeah you've yeah, watched a lot of them. 
a lot yeah. of them. Yeah. Do you think Tom well, Cruise is a, a good actor in that sense? Yeah. Do you? Because I, I get he does a lot of good films, but I yeah, there's, yeah. I've, there's like maybe like three films where I go, well, that was a really good performance from Tom. Oh, uh, I, I think at his best, he is a good actor, and even in stuff like War of the Worlds, War he of the Worlds is shit for me. War of the Worlds is shit. Lord of the Rings all over again. Come on now, come on, behave yourself. I paid to go and see that in the cinema with so much hope and so much joy in my heart as I carried my ticket, like a scene from Willy Wonka, into the cinema, and that shit was projected onto my screen, and I left disappointed and heartbroken. Uh, you 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 are wrong there. It's, it's a, a terrible. It's a terrible, it's a, terrible film. We'll get it on the podcast. We'll put it against each other. It's a terrible film. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, we were reading a review the other day uh, for Rock of Ages, right? And and the reviewer made a made made a very interesting point, which is that Tom Cruise is at his best when he is playing like wildly transformative character pieces. And if you look at him in like uh, Magnolia. Or Rock of Ages, or something like, uh, like like the little things, the darker, weirder little things like that. He's very, very good in. And then he is so charismatic, like, uh, like his performance in Jerry Maguire. I think is probably one of my favorite performances of of all time, because it it's not necessarily just. Like film acting, I think is not necessarily just the Daniel Day Lewis of it, you know, who like is who immerses himself in parts or whatever. It's about kind of your understanding with your relationship with the camera and how you use your star power and how you use your charisma. And I think Tom Cruise is like the best at that. He's not here, not in the Mummy, and you can you can see him trying. You can feel the desperation pouring out of the screen as he's trying to like make quips work and stuff like that. And it just and it just falls completely flat here. I think it was Tom that said that uh, Oblivion that you previously uh, talked about. If Ryan Reynolds was in Oblivion, it'd make mm. more sense. I think it was Ryan Reynolds. He said it would make sense. No, you can imagine this film with Ryan Reynolds in. Yeah, he'd be fine. I think if you put, I think yeah, if you put Ryan Reynolds or Chris Pratt or anyone fairly generic but just like watchable, the film would actually be better. Not fundamentally better. Fun. Yeah, yeah. it's not going to suddenly jump to being like a four-star film, but I think, (laughs) but it's much more of the sort of generic Netflix thing that comes out every now and then that you're just like, ah, two, two and a half stars, as opposed to being a bit of a disaster. There's bits of it. There's bits of it that's fine. What what it lacks though is uh, a plot and acting. But yeah, there's yeah. bits of it that's all right. But I'm not necessarily saying that Ryan Reynolds is going to bring those two things to the mummy: <laughs> plot and <laughs> acting. <laughs> I think my my only issue I've got so far is calling Ryan Reynolds generic. Like that, that, that the guy's a star. The guy's incredible. I love Ryan Reynolds. Um, nah, did you nah. call me? Um, it's like he was, it's like, it's, I see. I'm pretty sure he's an AI, like yeah. that. He was like just d- created to be like the blandest human being alive. The problem. Ryan Reynolds is not getting past a capture. Proving <laughs> yeah. not a robot. Absolutely not. No. He's hitting that wall every time. But see, Ryan Reynolds, I think, has got a personality in a way that makes him likable. I like Ryan Reynolds, whereas when Tom Cruise is charismatic, quite often I find he comes across as annoying. 
It's, it, Tom Cruise being charismatic right. is very similar to Tom Cruise jumping on a sofa in Oprah. Like, I, I, sure. I, I find him very annoying American. The thing about Tom Cruise versus Ryan Reynolds is that I think Tom Cruise is very earnest in a way that Ryan Reynolds isn't. Ryan Reynolds, and I've been watching, it's funny, it's funny that it came up actually. I've been watching uh, Welcome to Wrexham, the, the documentary about him and Rob McElhenney uh, buying Wrexham FC. And Ryan Reynolds is just like all of his characters in real life. Mm-hmm. He's like sarky and he's making sarcastic comments and self-deprecating stuff like that. And it just comes across as quite fake. Yeah, I like um, McElhenney. I don't like Reynolds so much. Yeah, I, I have the same sort of reaction from, from that documentary. Yeah, for sure. Because McElhenney comes across as very genuine and very earnest. And, and Ryan Reynolds always comes to me as a, as a bit of a prick, to be honest with you. I think I see Sorry, the problem. Sorry, Ryan, if you're listening. I think I see the problem here, because if the issue is that he's he's very um, sarcastic and self-deprecating, then I think it's yeah. maybe that I connect with him in a very <laughs> in a very personal way as uh, someone who is deeply sarcastic and very self-deprecating. I mean, I'm, I don't look as good as Ryan Reynolds to be self-deprecating when I say Oh, I no, I disagree. I disagree. I, I thought Ryan Reynolds had joined the call when you came on. But... <laughs> <laughs> Don't, don't don't be so self-deprecating. No, Maybe that's because that's because uh, Ryan did join the call. You've been insulting him. He's on the line. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I I'd say, I'd say that I spent the whole time watching this film thinking that it shared a real like visual and tonal similarity to a film that's very dear to me and Adam's hearts, um, which is Black Adam. Oh. <laughs> and you know why? It's got the exact yeah. same vibe. It's an amalgamation of other films that have come before it, right? Yeah. yeah. It's just lots of stuff like squeezed into a, a, a vague shape. And, and you, could, you could see the silhouette of that shape and go, oh, I think that might be a film. Uh, and, and I think that's what The Mummy is. Yeah. But the, I think there's, there's, there's a confluence of issues here. And uh, Gav, when you said, oh, Tom Cruise is the problem, with uh, this film and he's bringing nothing to it. I actually think that the problem is he's the problem with this film and he's bringing everything to it because Tom Cruise basically directed this movie. Um, He brought in his own writers to rewrite the script and had them uh, play down the role of the titular mummy to give himself more screen time. Um. (laughs) He uh, he was in charge of the editing. It was it was in his contract that he was allowed to make a lot of the final decisions in the post production process. So, and he was quite like he micromanaged stuff on set. He'd come in and go like, "Oh, you're using the wrong lens." Now, that's kind of the Tom Cruise experience, but the most diluted version of it so far. Tom Cruise quite you know a guy who likes to be in charge a controlling kind of guy sometimes that works sometimes it doesn't but what they're also trying to do here is set up an entire universe of films which is the wrong way to go about it it's the problem that DC faced right well it's it's also it's kind of like what Marvel faced with Ed Norton like mm-hmm. doing the Incredible Hulk and then Ed Norton coming in and being like, hey, I'm going to basically direct this film. And I've spoken I'm, to somebody yep. who worked on that film who was who literally said Ed Norton directed that film. And edited it as well, right? Yeah, he just got yeah. so involved in all of it. And they were just like, but you do realise that you're going to be making like 10 films 
and you're yeah, not going to yeah. be the main star of most of them. You can't. You have yeah. to let everyone have their job. You can't hinge a cinematic universe on one person, which is why they never should have cast Tom Cruise in the first place. No. <laughs> Unless they're Robert Downey Jr. But Robert Downey Jr. was not Robert Downey Jr. when he was Iron Man, right? Yeah. I, Iron Man made him yeah. what Robert Downey Jr. He, is He couldn't today. buy work at that time, could he? And yeah, his, exactly. His career was dead. So. No, and, and obviously if he... If, <clears throat> if, like, if, it hadn't, if Iron Man hadn't taken off as well as it did, he would have just played the same sort of role as Thor or someone like that. Yeah. It wouldn't have been... Yeah, he yeah. wouldn't have been so prominent if it weren't for the success that he subsequently had. I think that's the thing. Like when they made Iron Man, they made Iron Man. They didn't make yeah, yeah. the Marvel Universe. They made Iron Man. Whereas this, it's like, right, where can we lay all the foundations in place? Where it's like, no, make yeah. the film, and then that's your jumping off point. You don't make the universe and then squeeze the film into the middle of it. And that's what feels De- really wrong. And that's why Russell Crowe feels completely yeah. out of place and he doesn't belong there at all. It's, it's the DC it's syndrome yeah. of, yep. of yeah, basically exactly. just starting off with a Justice League and going, oh, people are going to really care about, like, Cyborg. I'm like, no, of course they're not going to fucking care about Cyborg. <laughs> you fuck Cyborg? Cruise- bring Cruise in later. If you want Cruise to be in this universe, bring Cruise and Rusty in later. Don't start with those two because they're, they're far too recognisable. You know, it's because there's a point when uh, when Russell Crowe first arrives and there's a silhouette of him and he's just unmistakably rusty and you're thinking, you know, th- this is we all know who he is. Why is he in this film now? Or or yeah. don't mention him at all in the marketing and then have him turn up as Doctor Jekyll. Yeah, like halfway through the film as a <clears throat> surprise and then keep it kind of short. Basically, do a Nick Fury. Yeah. In, out, job done. Yeah. Little bonus. Weird. Teasing more. That's it. And then focus the rest of the film on just telling a standalone good story. Well, thirty um, percent of this film is the universe setup yeah. stuff, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But instead, yeah. they the, put him yeah. first. They put his voice and his voice that yeah. is actually his yeah, voice. Crazy. No, when he's weirdly channeling Bob crazy. Hoskins later on. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's good to talk. Yeah. Like, it was like so Mr. Strange. Hyde is, is oh. not <laughs> Eddie Hyde. Yeah. Eddie. Awful. Oh, the first uh, accent is terrible. Is kind of what I'm describing as generic academic, <laughs> and uh, and then then it, it then it turns into Danny Dyer. It's I, yes, he does. Yeah, I, I oh, love Cockney, oh, Mr. I love Cockney <laughs> Hulk. <laughs> Cockney <laughs> Hulk's great when he goes a bit green, and then he he gets bigger. So many there are like so many signifiers of superhero movies in this movie, which is absolutely not what it needed to be at all. No. Uh, like he's, they're obviously trying to make Tom Cruise uh, the the Tony Stark character or whatever. You know, the guy who kind of draws it all together. Yeah, there's the Hulk um, in there. I mean, one a disaster for the plot is when is that they've made Tom Cruise's character invincible. Like yeah. he survives plane crashes and stuff in the first what half hour. How do you make a horror movie with any tension when your lead character is invincible? It just doesn't make any sense. And it's because they haven't made a horror movie. It was a horror movie until Tom Cruise came on board and he was like, right, yeah, but let's make a Mission Impossible movie, though, because I really want to get in that fucking plane, okay? I want to get in that plane and I want to do the vomit comet stuff and I'm rolling around on the ceiling and stuff. Can we put that in the mummy? And nobody had the courage to go, Tom, that doesn't fit. Tom, that's not supposed to be in this movie. But as a, a collection of unconnected set pieces... Those set pieces are quite good. The, got the plane crash the, is very good. Yeah, yeah the plane <laughs> crash is good. The bit when they're in Iraq at the start, it looks like a Call of Duty level. That's all right. Yeah. I quite like that. 
you know, the, the zombies on the underground, that's great. But that's the whole thing, is just scenes that kind of look cool, sellotape together. It's like a ransom note on celluloid. Like, it's all just glued <laughs> and stuck down. Like it, And the plane, yeah. the plane scene isn't good, because every time we see from outside the plane, the plane is going straight down, and yet they're all rolling around the middle of the plane, which makes no sense at all. If they're going to be rolling well, on the yeah. plane, surely they need to be stuck at the back. That's how when gravity works. When did you turn into Mr. Continuity? Well, I was going to say I was I was like so arrested by the shot of them like rolling over the ceiling uh, and stuff and going like oh my god that's actually Tom Cruise that I wasn't even really thinking about anything that might actually be the only exist thing in I could think world. about. <laughs> I, I, I'm not one of these people who sits there and looks for my oh this was set in in 1642 and he had a wristwatch on but like when he's rolling round a plane that's going in one direction like what what the fuck's going on here? But uh, you know, kind of, I, I quite like that scene as well because the guy who was in new uh, in new girl was killed, and I was quite pleased because you know that is the worst oh, sitcom in the history of TV. He's coming back. He's not gone yet. Yeah, they, they might kill him off, but then you know they bring back yeah. the most unnecessary character in the entire plot. So, so what is the plot? What what is the plot? What happened? There isn't a plot. Let's not pretend there's a plot. Look, we talked about this with Legend, and this has even less of a plot than that. There's (laughs) There's a a magic knife and a mummy. There's a knife. The knife needs a stone. Um, We do start in London with them finding the Templar Knights or something? Yeah. The Crusade Knights. Yeah, the Crusade Knights. Can we we tackle the fact that this film spends a huge fucking amount of time Doing like a voiceover led backstory, which is always the sign of quality for a film kicking off. No, Black well, Adam. Hang on, wait, well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Right? Because, because the nineties mummy yeah. starts with that and it's great. Okay, but generally speaking, if I'm thinking of like a modern day blockbuster. Like the nineties mummy. No, I'm not even talking <laughs> about the nineties, mate. We were barely right. alive. Like <laughs> I just, why, I guess what I mean is, if you see it, but a different way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm not even going to say how old I was in 1999. 43. Am I I the youngest here? I might be the youngest here, right? Yeah. Oh, man, that doesn't happen very often. I'm absolutely thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled. (laughs) The point I'm trying to make is that. Starting a film with a flashback sequence and a voiceover explaining all the exposition that you need is not, generally speaking, considered a good way to start a story. It can be done. I love it. But the the real criticism here, because if that was then followed up by like a Goodfellas level film, absolutely fine. Yeah. They then... Do the, they then share the exact same information multiple times throughout the rest of the film using the same yes. clips we've seen. You could, Literally, at the beginning, I'm pointing out, you could just... This is this is all the stuff that the main characters should uncover through conversations, through discovery, during the film, and then they actually have those moments. So you could cut the first 10 minutes of the film out. Yeah. And the whole film would still make sense and be better. They do um, enough of it in flashbacks, don't they, I suppose? I tell you what else isn't a good premise for a film about an Egyptian mummy is starting in London, then moving it to Iraq. Like I don't <laughs> yeah. never show yeah. Egypt. But the voice, but the but the voiceover explains, doesn't it, that uh, they had to hide the mummy far away from Egypt. So yeah. why you need the voiceover, because, guys? Because there's the no because there's no war in Egypt, and so we couldn't think of a way to put Tom Cruise there. <laughs> so we needed this really yeah. good shootout scene. <laughs> so we put it in Iraq. 
Yeah, they never... Well, I suppose they do explain that they literally moved her, like, coffin or whatever, like, thousands of miles to make sure it's Mm -hmm. nowhere near Egypt. But that is a very desperate way of kind of... For for no reason. Just because. It's, it's, It's the worst MacGuffin that ever MacGuffined. Yeah. But yeah, there's, I mean, there's cool visual bits, and when the Mercury's coming down oh, when they fall in the thing, you know, that looks really cool. And there's the, always yeah, cool know, visual bits, but this isn't a Ramstein video. This is a Tom Cruise <laughs> film. <laughs> what, what? This isn't a Ramstein There's a podcast. great new Ramstein video, guys. It's really good. It's them getting shot up and shooting people. It's, it's brilliant. Really? If Love this was a Ramstein video, Ramstein I would say it's a classic. But it's not. <laughs> It'd be a bit long. I don't think I'd want to hear an hour and 40 minute long round. I'd watch an hour and 40 minutes of Till Linderman getting buried in mercury, <laughs> which he'd probably do. Yeah. It, they, yeah, literally with an axe. Well, I'll do it, you know, just for the uh, He's the Tom Cruise. Realness of it. For Adam's benefit, he's the Tom Cruise of music. At one point in the music video, okay. he wanted light to shine out from inside his mouth, so he drilled a hole through his cheek and put the light through. Why didn't he just put the light in his mouth? <laughs> he did for live shows, but he went, no. The light because it had to be wired, and it was like, no, it will uh, look too bad if it's wired into my mouth, so I'll have it through my cheek. I mean, that's less Tom Cruise and more jackass, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. Ramstein are fine if you see them live or see a video, but if you just hear the music without the visuals, don't you yeah. say yeah. it? Don't you say it? Yeah. They aren't great. <laughs> no, nah, great. I not don't great. mind if they're a Ramstein. I mean, you're, you're oh, a bit yes, clinical. It's, a bit clinical. It, it's fine. It's it's nine inch nails without any of the fret. You know. Sure. Uh, oh yes, yes, I like that. Um. Uh. So what's the thing with the knife? Uh. T- 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 Tom Cruise needs to be stabbed with the knife so that the the god of death can. Come Enter his body. Or, yeah, not, that's a better way of saying him. it. Yeah. That's a better way of saying it, Tom. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, on that unrelated point and terrible film set in Egypt, have you ever seen The Gods of Egypt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Jared Butler? Is, is, that, is that the yeah, one? Yeah, it's Jared Butler and uh, maybe, maybe a fast bender. But yeah, it's, but yeah that... But that had a similar silly plot, MacGuffin, about some kind of magical dagger as well. I'm sure. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the magical dagger. Uh, the, the whole thing about Cruise's character being possessed was uh, was added uh, when Tom Cruise came on board, so that his character would have more of an arc. And that arc is fucking dreadful. Uh, it's <laughs> so, uh, just you know. Do going you know, back to pointless man out of New Girl as well. There's a scene when they're in the pub toilet. Which is just the scene when Griffin Dunn explains in American Werewolf in London yeah. that yes. you know, what, what has happened, but without any of the power or the grace or the humour or anything. And I, I was at that point, I was shouting at the screen going, oh, don't. I, I've got <laughs> it's, very it's, American Werewolf of London, but not fun. It's, it's just, it's bits of other movies sellotape together, like you said, Steph, and the tone is all over the place like it starts as like a dark sort of conspiracy thing almost and then in the bit in iraq you're like oh this is going to be like a fun sort of adventure movie and then they they try and make the the uh the horror bits like genuinely quite scary uh it's quite dark in places um and it's just it it just feels like a wasted opportunity a lot of the time because the Universal classics, the, you know, the Universal monster movies, that's kind of the original cinematic universe. 
there's like 30 of them and a few of them like interweave and cross over and stuff this should have been a slam dunk they cast they you know they 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 posted a picture before this movie came out of all the people they had cast and who they cast them as and you know what he doesn't do a good job of it but russell crowe as uh, dr jekyll and mr hyde sounds like it might be good on paper um Johnny Depp as the Invisible Man sounds perfect because I can't stand looking at him. Uh, <laughs> Javier Bardem as Frankenstein uh, is is excellent. He would have he would have played Frankenstein's monster. That's great casting. They would have done a Bride of Frankenstein movie with Angelina Jolie. That's incre- That 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 yeah. sounds right up my alley as well. So it, it just frustrates me that they fucked this up and so bad. And speaking of that picture, the fact that they have this lineup of really famous actors and then they have like Sophia Patella, who's obviously mm-hmm. brilliant. Um, but then she's the one woman and then she gets sidelined in the film that is literally her film. Yeah. And then spoilers dies at the end of the film. So she's out yeah. of that universe. Unless, so they, that unless they do Cruise a desperate can live forever. Yeah. And ride off into the desert. Like no one's going to want a mummy sequel where it's literally just an immortal Tom Cruise not being yeah. a mummy. I yeah, think I know. Like, I, like, who wants that? Who wants that? Nobody. Nobody. I mean, but anyone who sees this doesn't want the first one. Never mind a sequel, surely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's, it's a wasted opportunity, isn't it? You know, it, it really is. You've yeah. got great characters. You've got great actors. And I know you're not as keen on Cruz as I am, Steph, but, you know, Cruz is a good actor and can have great films built around him. But... I think if somebody had actually worked out how to connect these set pieces, you'd you'd have a, a genuinely enjoyable film rather than something which is nearly. But it was fine, you know, kind of. But, but would you have a horror movie? It. You know, would you have a horror movie? Can Tom Cruise do horror? Would be my question. You interview know? interview with the vampire is a he's good indication that he probably can. Don't, don't say he's the worst bit. He, he is the worst thing in that film. Brad Pitt. Oh, no, no, sorry, you are right. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Brad Pitt is the you worst You can say second worst if you want, but yeah. not first. No, no, Brad Pitt is the worst thing in that film, yeah. Brad Pitt doing accents, I forget. But again, so I, I, I didn't respond to Cruz's performance interview with Vampire, but I'm told it's very good. I'm told it's a good Lestat from people who are in the know, including the author of the book. So who, but, who am I but to the judge? Problem, but the problem with having a horror... Not the problem with having horror, but the problem with having Tom Cruise in a horror movie, I think, is the fact that Tom Cruise, he he can play sort of like a sort of out of his depth, nervous, incompetent character. I don't think he could play a character where you really genuinely thought he was in physical danger for the whole 90 to 120 minutes. But what if Tom Cruise wasn't cast as the hero and was cast as a villain? Yes, that could work. I think one of the closest things he's come to uh, in terms of like a horror performance is Collateral, where he is like a fucking shark who is like hunting Jamie Foxx. That kind of Tom Cruise energy would be excellent in a film like this, but that's not where Tom Cruise is at the moment. He is the all-American leading man at this point, isn't he? Cruise could do Jekyll. I think if he played the Jekyll character, could he do interesting? Could he do? Could he do? Eddie, I, do you won't like me when I'm, I'm Cockney. I'm <laughs> <laughs> but Cruise as Jekyll is would work for me, and then you could have a Ryan Reynolds, a Chris Pine, a Chris Pratt, I, I, a another, you mm. know, 
I think the question is as well, if you reshuffle the order they release these, does it need to be a horror film? Or could it be a dark action film? If this isn't what launches your new horror franchise that you're going to base the whole universe around, you can chuck an action film in. The, the, the 99 Mummy's not that dark, really. That's more of an action it's film. Not, it's not film. a horror film, yeah, is it? Yeah, really? it's more a comedy there's, there's, and an action. And there was no there's horror this, tropes. Yeah. yeah. And so this could have been dropped in the middle, and then when he's a bit part in other films, then by all means it can be a horror film. So you could have launched I mean, this as an action. You should, you should start with with Dracula. Sure. Yes. Well, no, yeah. but they did, didn't they? They, they was that oh, silly that Dracula. Was like, film. It was like retcon. They were like, yeah. oh no, th- this is actually was part of it. That Dracula Untold, yeah. which called. stars yeah. Luke Evans. Which for American people looking for where we from is within walking distance of my house. Where oh, you grew up. Okay. So there we go. That's, that's Luke Evans, isn't it? The, the guy from uh, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Imagine having a cinematic universe where you desperately try to retcon in Dracula Untold into your universe (laughs) to give it some quality, like like that's 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 low. That's not good. We've got to have that. We've got to include. It's like Marvel going, "Oh, we've got to have the new mutants, guys." That's that's us too, please. Mm. Well, what's the Dracula? No, ignore me. The Gerard Butler one, but that was a, a long time before that one. If I Dracula two thousand is that that one? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. When the Dracula was uh, Judas Iscariot. Yes, I quite liked that film, if I'm honest. And that was only <laughs> that was only commissioned because because it was called Dracula two thousand. There was no other reason that that film was made. Really. Yeah, I can't. They, I can't think. We don't have a modern retelling of Dracula, do we? Oh, there's lots no. of them. They're just all crap. Well, there's a Clays, <laughs> ba- uh, there's a Clays Bang, uh, uh, Mark Gatiss, BBC uh, one. That's seventy five percent of it's good. Yeah, I, I kind move of move I'm like along. the first two episodes, and you're like, yeah, okay, okay, and then the yeah. third episode, oh, oh no, yeah, there's a Blade <laughs> Trinity. Okay, yeah, there's Blade Trinity. Yeah. Starring a young Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds back, yeah. back to Ryan Reynolds. Fantastic. And, and Triple H from wrestling. Triple H from wrestling. And you know who else is from wrestling? The Rock. Who? The Rock. And he's in Black Adam, which is basically oh, okay. this film. And All also right. Scorpion King. Which of the Mummy which is a too. spin-off it's of all... the Mummy, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's actually loads and loads of like Mummy content uh, across the decades, um, and Dracula as well. Uh, less so, less so the Wolfman. Uh, although we didn't, there was a Jack Nicholson one in the nineties, yeah. wasn't there? It was. It's yeah. it's not very good. There's actually a weird. There, there, there is there is they're not technically a cinematic universe, but there is like a little universal classic monsters thing going on in the 90s because you have Bram Stoker's Dracula mm-hmm. uh you have whatever the Jack Nicholson Wolfman thing is called you have the 90s mummy it's called it's called is it called wolf it yeah, might be called wolf. wolf yeah you yeah. Got, you got the 90s mummy you've got hollow man i think you could probably honorary like include that it's the invisible man it is the invisible man yeah, yeah. You, I, t- I tell you what the recent invisible man yeah Yes. That's how you reboot uh, but, a classic yeah. But they made thing. that be- great. because the dark universe fell through. They then went right well, And then there was going to be a whole there's going to be a whole Blumhouse classic monsters yeah. like universe thing. That's fallen apart as well. Uh they're still threatening to make the Bride of Frankenstein thing with Angelina Jolie. Uh But by itself know. that does not sound promising. And I've got a radical idea though around horror films. Make Just new make ones? new stuff. Yeah, make yeah. new stuff up. Stop <laughs> yeah. remaking stuff. You know, yeah. 
the thing, the thing about horror is there's unlimited options because, <laughs> because you can make all of it up. You're not bound to reality in any single way. Uh, and But to, to be fair, there's been some really good original horror movies recently. Have you guys have. seen Barbarian? Yes. Oh, I loved uh, Barbarian. I, I would argue that... I'm never sure what's happening in that film, and that's why I liked <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, w- I would argue that most good horror films today... Yeah. By the very nature, are like standalone, mm-hmm. and would not lend themselves to a cinematic universe. So maybe the entire idea of the dark universe doesn't work as a horror franchise. Disagree. Yeah. I desperately want a barbarian cinematic universe. <laughs> if they can link it in with Malignant, that would yes. be absolutely top notch. What? Like, it's, <laughs> can we have it? It what? follows as well, just because it, yeah, it could be. Chuck it, 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 it in there. <laughs> what upsets me though is you've got Robert Eggers makes The Witch, which is one of the greatest horror films of the, uh, the century so far. Yeah, absolutely perfect film. And then what do you want to do next, uh, Robert? Oh, I've got some original ideas. Why don't you remake Nosferatu? No, no, let him make some original no, stuff. No, I'm so excited by that. Yeah. I, I, oh, oh, I, I can't I, wait for the Nosferatu. Imagine remake. if he'd done. Oh. Imagine if he'd done like the Dracula film for the Dark Universe as the first. <laughs> Film Imagine if he universe. directed Tom Cruise in The Mummy. <laughs> the Robert Eggers. But, we wouldn't have Robert Eggers anymore. He'd have quit. Yeah, yeah. But I would true. love to see somebody like Robert Eggers or Jordan Peele directing Cruise in, the to- in a horror film. Um, yeah. To see what they could do. I- I'd love to see any amount of director's work with Tom Cruise. but it, and, and it seems like that part of his career is over. You know, like Tom Cruise has worked with Spielberg... Stanley Kubrick, uh, Martin Scorsese, all these like incredible uh, directors of pure cinema, guys. Um, and he just doesn't seem interested in doing that anymore. He works no. with Joseph Kaczynski, Christopher McQuarrie, Doug Lyman, and that's it. Those are his three guys. He's in control of all the projects. I'd love, I'd love Tom Cruise to be in like an Ari Aster movie. That would be so interesting. But how old is he now? So how many more years of blockbusters has he got? Well, he's 62, isn't he? Something like that. Jesus. Has Tom Cruise become action films Adam Sandler? Kind of. (laughs) Except he he does seem to have, and this is the weird thing about Tom Cruise, he does have a quality filter, right? Like... This film suggests otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) But he doesn't actually just bash them out for the sake of doing them. Whenever he does a project, he commits 100% to it. Whereas the Adam Sandler thing is just like, where do I fancy going on holiday with my friends this year? Let's go to Hawaii and we'll make something that a- approaches a film in that But Adam Sandler does make good films as well. He did uh, make But that's films. when... That, that's, no, that's he when still does. Uncut Gems. Uh, yeah, that's, is, I was going to say great. Uncut Gems. Um, the sweatiest film I've ever seen. <laughs> Hustle. I really enjoyed Hustle, and Hustle and when Adam good. Sandler, when Adam Sandler gives himself over to a director, he's used really well. But uh, and and same same with Tom Cruise. But then having said that, right, all of that is upended. This whole like, oh, Tom Cruise shouldn't be in control because look at the Mummy. It's just upended by Top Gun Maverick, which is one of the most successful blockbusters of the last ten years or whatever. It made $1.5 billion. It's got, like, insane amount of reviews. And by all accounts, Tom Cruise directed that movie, essentially. 
But Maverick, Maverick. Lots of people went to the cinema to see that who wouldn't usually go to the cinema. I've got guys I play rugby with who, you know, yeah. if I try talking cinema with, they just look at me and go, "What? What are you talking about?" But they all <laughs> went to see Top Top Gun Maverick because it's Top Gun, isn't it? It is Top Gun. Yeah, that was one of, one of the main things I noticed about it. Yeah. <laughs> I also think that film lends itself to Tom Cruise's particular set of skills, shall we say. Like in terms of Liam Neeson, you're thinking of. Liam Neeson, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Liam Neeson. <laughs> We've covered him in this podcast. Um, yeah. yeah, but like he, he obviously knows how to put together a very satisfying action movie. I don't know. No, the but that's the thing. I think I think this is a, a torn mess of him trying to like retrofit himself into a film. Yeah. As Absolutely. opposed to having a film where he is obviously the lead in Top Gun yeah. or Mission Impossible. And so he can do, oh, right, let's have all these amazing set pieces. And then I'm going to get these writers to come up with a really clever way of putting it all together. And he'll, yeah. he kind of, I assume he kind of just leaves the people responsible to get on with that bit because he's done I his will. bit. I wouldn't be so sure. We're not on set. <laughs> but you know, I you think know, that you know what I mean? Is, like, with, I know what you mean. With yeah, this, this is just him coming in and being like, oh, I'm only in like 30% of this film because I'm not really the focus. So I now I need to make myself 100% of the film. I, the, the distinction of to, with Top Gun Maverick and the Mission Impossible movies, which he has a lot of control on, on this, is that he came in halfway through this. And the rest of the, 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 you know, the other things he's produced and he works from the ground up on those things, doesn't he? But do you not think it's kind of Adam Sandler syndrome as well? It's like Adam Sandler likes to sit on a beach and drink pina coladas and talk to Salma Hayek. And let's be honest, who wouldn't? Well, I'm, I'm sure. not knocking the guy for that. But Tom Cruise, like, what do you want to do at the weekend? I want to hang off a massive building in Dubai and fly an aeroplane yeah. and fall out of the sky. Like, he's doing... Yeah, absolutely. He's just doing what he likes doing. It's just Adam Sandler's a bit more chill. Having said that, everything that we have learned about Tom Cruise genuinely makes me think that he's not doing those things just because he, oh, I've not skydived before, I'd like to go skydiving. It's because he wants to make an incredible looking and feeling movie. The guy just fucking loves movies. And so he's kind of transitioned into being this generation's Buster Keaton with these like incredible, real, physical performances that are sometimes strung together by a plot, which is kind of what Top Gun Maverick is. I mean, the fact that he is in that plane giving that performance in Top Gun Maverick is crazy. It's a crazy thing to do. But he's going to space next year. He is a a genuine movie star and the last Mm. genuine movie star. We will miss him when he's gone. I I thought Clooney was going to be that, but no, Cruz is. Cruz did Mm. what Clooney never did because Clooney's too interested in art occasionally. Mm, Yeah. I mean, have you guys seen Ticket to Paradise, though? Oh, for fuck's sake. No, no, I, I you no, guys, you got to check that out. You got to check that out. I, I like love it? Clooney. I like Julia Roberts. Oh. I'm no interest in seeing that film. Just stick it on this Christmas, honestly. <laughs> yeah, for, you, you, it's such a good time. It's such a good time. You, uh, you know it's, something. It's, you know on. something that's not common to to horror movies generally. Um, Big budget set hang, pieces. Yeah, it's quite a low budget. Yeah. Genre. It's in one general, of the lowest it? budget genres. It's a it's a it's a genre where you can literally have five million dollars and you can make a film that will top yeah. the box office. We discussed Saw recently, and that's made for you know Mike ten budget. quid and a bag of apples. Bar- you know? Barbarian, yeah, yeah, yeah. Barbarian probably has like a twenty million budget. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is quite rare these days to have like a a, a twenty mil. It's yeah. like almost kind of 
does doesn't exist that much. But, but, but horror m- is moving into a higher budget world now. You know, Jordan Peele spends money on film on his yeah. films, and you can yes. see every single penny of that on screen. And you know, Ari Aster is he- starting to head into a world where you know, and the the Conjuring big. movies and stuff like that yeah. as well, right? Those are quite high budget things. But the in, low but budget things are the ones that break through. Like even yeah, some of the countries, we're still looking at like thirty. I w- I would say definitely under forty million budget. But I'm, what, what, I mean, do you know? Do you want to know the budget on this? We're not quite. Oh there yeah, yet. no, I, I know but the budget was, on this one. It's not forty <laughs> or lower. It's Jesus it's Christ. Esti- it, it, once you include marketing, it's estimated to be three hundred and forty-five million dollars. Wow, <laughs> offensive. That's an Avengers movie sort of level of, of, of budget, isn't it? Which is also... It didn't make Avengers money. That it. Did, it did not. It did not. <laughs> Adam, do you want to know how much The Conjuring cost? Yeah, go on. 20 million. Yeah, fair and play. How, how much yeah. was this again? 345 <laughs> million. But, but that's, that's including marketing. Yeah, let's, so let's be fair. Yeah. The Conjuring probably had 30 million with marketing. <laughs> okay. If yeah. that, that's, they reckon it was about 195 uh, like it's still ten. Prices. It's still ten times what they spent yeah. on the Conjuring. To yeah, be fair, yeah. that's only ten dollars for every idea they try to cram into the plot. It's <laughs> next to nothing, really. All all the money's on the screen. You're absolutely <laughs> right. You're absolutely right. But I mean, the CGI is all right. The CGI is quite good. It's really it's not. not. No, it's, it's not, not like as soon as they cut to the oh. outside of the plane, it looks like it's from like. Were you wearing your glasses when you when you? No, it? I wasn't. No, I. I <laughs> No, I meant when I was staring outside of the plane I was in, Adam. Oh, okay, I couldn't, right. I, this right. wasn't as clear. Now, yeah, um, the, it, the bundle of rats CGI wasn't very good no. when he's outside that pub in the 19th century for some no, reason. And, 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 and the, the, stuff, of rats. the stuff they do with the mummy, with like her face, I swear it looked better in the 90s. Yeah. I swear they like the, like the, the Brendan Fraser CGI looked better, did except for the, the Scorpion King. The, the birds that somehow down a plane? Like, one bird, it's a windscreen, and the windscreen cracks. Like, I'm pretty sure... Uh, I'm that would a... happen. That would happen. Have you not seen Sully? <laughs> they don't hit the, they don't hit the windscreen. windscreen. The screen. Uh, Even my car windscreen birds. could survive a sparrow. Like I Those birds those... hate planes. All birds hate planes. I can tell you right now. We're invading their territory. We're invading their territory, and they're trying to take us down. <laughs> And only one man is brave enough to stop them, and it is, of course, Sully well, Sullenberger. <laughs> can you make sure you, can you, make sure you edit? Tom, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, yeah. yeah. Can you edit that bit up? Because I don't want M. Night Shyamalan hearing uh, that, uh, that plot idea and then turning it into the happening too. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Have you guys seen Old? With yes. the beast yes. that makes you I'm old. Still yes, not I have. Yet. I love the weird movie, wasn't it? it? Spoil for anyone watching, listening. Oh, um, Steph's, Steph's not seen. I haven't. Well, I won't say anything. I'll be honest. I'll watch it about ten yeah. years more than well, you. Well, you know, it's you know, it's, it's you know, it's a beach that makes you old. Yes, I am aware. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The twist: the beach makes you old. Yeah, I didn't see that. You thought there'd be a twist, but so the beach makes you old. Twist. It's based on a graphic novel, which is far more interesting and far more haunting. Mm. Old, but uh, the, the the well the twist is it's a scientific experiment. But yeah, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's always it's a bl- scientific experiment, isn't it? That's why nobody oh, trusts apart- scientists. That's that's why COVID oh, took over. Apart from when you're trying to keep people away from drugs by pretending you're in the 19th century. <laughs> 
That is such that twist does not hold up at all in the village. Actually, does it? Look, we don't need to talk about. It. We don't need to talk about. It. It's fine, guys. I'm, I'm I I can't even be. We we've talked about the mummy. I've got nothing more to say about the mummy. Would you like to know what Tom my Cruise. notes are? Because you know, normally I make a note of like everything that happens in the film, so I B can keep by track. B. Yeah, 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 yeah. This one, it's just a list of criticisms. Lovely. <laughs> one of them is that Set is not the god of death. So oh, really? That's, is that not right? No, it's set okay. as the god of war, chaos, and storms. Osiris was the god of death. Couldn't it, or they would have? Osiris is a more recognisable name. Put that in. Yeah. All, all you would need to do is just. But it look doesn't at sound exotic, does it? Osiris sounds fairly exotic. If I was going to go oh. name an Egyptian god, <laughs> Osiris, that'll do. Uh, I think you've got more of a chance of knowing an Osiris than you have a sept. Yeah, I reckon there's, there's probably yeah, a guy knocking a boat in the valleys called Osiris. <laughs> yeah fair enough fair enough but uh i still i do expect in a basic level of research involved in a film right I, i'm gonna ask a very strange question though there's a bit in the film where one of the mummy crusader knights tries putting his hand mm. on tom cruise's skull and crushing his skull yeah what do you call that move when when i was in school i was called a scaly what would you call But that was the that was the nineteen seventies, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't well, I don't know. I don't even know if it's a specific move. Yeah. That's what I would use to hold back a, a vicious child. Yeah. Yeah, but you when know. we were at school we just called it a skull crush. You know, and then the child was, was dead on the floor with their brain Jesus spilling out. Christ, you know? okay, did did we did classic we times. school in in the WWE was like Vince McMahon, your yeah. Why did all your moves have names? What's going on here? <laughs> Very aggressive school you went to. Yeah. Um, oh, I tell you what, that bit where uh, uh, Mr. Hyde grabs Tom Cruise <laughs> under his oh, ribs oh, is quite oh, uncomfortable. That's, quite, that's yeah. the best horror that's, moment yeah. of the film. Yeah, it really is. Oh. Right, look, Tom, score the goddamn movie. Right, it's getting oh, a I've 1. still got five stars. No, <laughs> no, we don't care now. We're done. We're done with the mummy. Can, can I touch on first of all about the? We don't see enough. No, I'm blow, not interested. I'm not we don't see enough blow darts in films. I was quite excited to see a blow dart. Blow darts <laughs> okay. in quicksand. They seemed like an issue when I was young. I've done see them anymore. Yeah, that's fair sure, enough. Sure. Yeah. Um, I also there, there was a weird scene where he sees the mummy for the first time, and then he has a vision that's like an IN perfume advert, but she's got blue fingertips, and it looks like she's been playing pool. Um, it is laughable that those flashback scenes that they're trying to sell Tom Cruise as like a, a sexy man, like ne next to uh, Sophia Batella, he looks five hundred years old. <laughs> well, she and, does, and, she, and she's the mummy. Which is yeah. ridiculous. She does say at one point, uh, Jenny says, be careful that thing's 5,000 years old. And I thought, that's Tom Cruise, lady. You show some respect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom, for his age, is a very, very fast swimmer. He's incredibly <laughs> quick at swimming. He does more of it. his breath-holding stuff He does, from which Nation, we've seen yeah. before. He hasn't done that since he had to save a unicorn from on its own cut off. <laughs> <laughs> he can now hold his breath for six minutes. <laughs> which is a crazy thing to be able to do. And there was also quite a cool scene where Tom sucks the life out of the mummy, reminiscent of his at least two of his previous marriages. 
And it reminded me of Madonna at the VMAs okay. when she kissed Britney. It was very similar to when she she sucked all the goodness out of Britney. Similar visuals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it? it's a visual metaphor for the way he sucks the life out of the film as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's, is it a sign that throughout the whole film that the, the, the romance is built up so badly that by the end I do just want Tom Cruise's character and Sophia Batella's character to get together? Yeah. What romance? I, I think that would have been a good twist what? if they'd got together and then, well, the, the the apparent chemistry that's meant to be between him and Jenny. Yeah. Was that, is that Which, supposed to be like a romantic They kiss thing? at the end because they're so close or remember, whatever, I don't, don't they? That. I watched it today and I don't remember that. I don't remember. <laughs> Maybe they don't kiss, but it's a, I, I don't know. No, they do. Okay. They do before he disappears. Right. They cradle right. each other's faces in the water as well, don't they, before she pops up behind the two of them and... Drags it down uh, like a shark film. Well, I have to rewatch it. Please don't. I, 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 I wouldn't recommend it. I would not to recommend see all the bits it. that I missed. Maybe it's maybe <laughs> the, it get the, a higher score. Was a good the, twenty minute spell when I realised I'd switched off, and then I was like, I hope they don't put yeah. up anything that's happened. <laughs> <laughs> the the only character from this film that I would like to see in another film would be Sophia Patella's character. Yeah. yeah. And yet she's the only one the they mummy. wouldn't be able to bring back. Yeah. Uh, they could bring her back because she's a supernatural being. Yeah. You th- I don't think this is the last time we would have seen the mummy, but thankfully it is the last time we saw the mummy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm really glad they didn't continue this because I think, like, let's say this had been a hit, even if it didn't get good reviews, and, and let's say it, it got the same level of reviews, but it made money, we'd have seen more of the dark universe in this sort of strain of filmmaking and it just would have ruined a lot of really great characters i think they would have been the dc universe all over again yeah exactly like who i can't i can't bring myself to give a fuck about batman anymore i used to quite like batman i can't do it it doesn't affect me i'm quite able to make the cut and go well that one was shit let's let's just not talk about that again because we wouldn't watch any of the batman films otherwise because like the ones in the 60s when he's dancing and he's got shark talent like the best ones <laughs> like what i what i hear about christopher nolan's batman if i took the one where he had nipples on his suit like no no uh, uh no no word of a lie right i prefer the 60s batman movie to the dark knight silence just going to let that yeah. going to let that hang there no one <laughs> no one is accepting this no? And the Dark Knight is isn't as good as it's made out to be. It's no. better than that, though. It's better it's than that. It's, <laughs> it's just heat with people in silly costumes. That makes it better. We've I'm... discussed this, Adam. Jack Reach is not as good as Batman unless Jack Reacher had a Batman cow. So I haven't I haven't seen uh, the Batman yet, but it is now streaming on Now TV, which means I'll probably watch it. Over it's good. Or I, I haven't I haven't seen it. I must admit. Let's I have a look at my, my. Here we go. My Batman rankings. Here we go. Let's have a look. Uh, uh, what do, you, do you, you want it in order? Do you want my Batman rankings? In, we've gone fully off the rails now, Tom. That's fine. Uh, right, Batman we- rankings in order. Number 11, Justice League. Okay? Uh, number 10, Batman versus Superman. Bad, bad movie. Yep. Number 9, Batman and Robin. Uh, number 8, Batman Forever. Get rid. Number 7, Dark Knight Rises. Number 6, Batman Begins. Number 5, the Lego Batman movie. Yes. Number four. <laughs> Number four is The Dark Knight, which I think is a good movie. Good movie. Number three, Batman the movie from 1966. Number two, Batman. Number one, Batman Returns. 
Batman oh, yeah, Returns that's, is that's just that's incredible. Correct. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, is yeah. correct. I think uh, Lego Batman is too low. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I could put it above the Dark Knight. Really, I think mm, we need a reshuffle. I, I think we need a reshuffle. Yeah, maybe I've got the same. They've got the same score on my laptop. That's me not sleeping tonight, though. Tom, one point five out of yeah. out of yeah. five. It's reasonable. what I would I would describe it as just solidly bad. Not, I, you've not, been more generous than me, I, mate. You've I don't class generous. it as like an abomination or outrageous. <laughs> Or an atrocity. I, I, I don't yeah. describe it as that, but it is solidly bad. <laughs> yeah, I've given it a one out of five. So yeah. we're on a similar wavelength. Uh, Gav and or Steph. And I can, I can never remember which one's which. I'm so I'm sorry, a, guys. Our, our, our names uh, are literally there. If you, you, just, just I, will, I refuse, if you I refuse to look at them. I refuse. <laughs> nah, sorry, Gav. I've got no idea what you're talking about. See uh, <laughs> <so>, yeah, <laughs> so uh, what what are we saying? Come on, out of five, you you can have point fives as well. Gav's going to be much much uh, kinder to it than I am. I'll, I'll give it a one point five because I considered Lovely. a two, and then I converted that into out to ten, and I thought, no, that's too high, so I'm going to take it out to one point five. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I'd say one point five as well. well. I thought you were going to be. Oh, much you've more given it the peer the pressure, you. You've. <laughs> <laughs> He's got. I, I, you've gone from a four right down to a one point yeah. five. Oh, but one point five, thirty percent. Yeah, <laughs> that's a fail. That's a fail. Yeah, he's covering yeah. up his uh, his Tom Cruise's the Mummy tattoo. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah, but it's it's a high one point five. It's a one point eight. Okay, it's a strong <laughs> one point five. Well, that sounds like a two. Yeah, then. that's, that's rounding a two. Two, 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 right, well, yeah, all right, we'll call it a two. Oh, I'm right. comfortable right. with that. So, okay, fine, yeah. right. What about two point five? You comfortable with that? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, okay. It is not fifty percent. What about cruiseness, though? I found this one very easy to score. Uh, what do you guys reckon the cruiseness is? The cruiseness of the film, or the cruiseness of cruise within the film? Up to you. I, I do the cruiseness of the film. And also, when we came up with the initial idea for this podcast, I made it very clear that we were going to do the cruiseness of the film. And Tom heard that and went, nah. <laughs> for me, it's the cruiseness of Cruise's performance. How cruise does Cruise get? Right, yeah. For me, it's the cruiseness of the film. How much does so, Tom Cruise impact the film? I will go Adam's route. and Because uh, it could literally be anyone. It could be anyone it could be any right. man any woman it could be my dog it could be anyone <laughs> i'd love to see that cut release the gav's dog cut <laughs> yeah, no. so i'm gonna give it free out of oh, 10 okay 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 steph uh as a film as a film it is a tom cruise film it's at 0.5 Tom Cruise within the film is himself at at least a four, but his impact on the film is a five because he fucked this right up. He, not only just on this film, but on a whole franchise. He killed the whole it's franchise. Out of, it's out of ten. Is it out, out of ten? ten then it's, it's twelve. Yes. It's twelve out of ten. <laughs> it's a, it's I'm kind a, of with Steph. I'm with Steph here. Tom, what's your cruiseness? Uh, I'm giving him a six because I would put it right down the middle of just being like so replaceable. Like, he's bringing yeah. so much, but he, at the same time, so replaceable. But he does do the airplane sequence, which is proper cruise yeah. dedication. That is yeah. proper I'm not saying dedication. that's good. I'm not saying he should have done the airplane sequence. 
But to be in an airplane, go right. I'm going to do free fall, and I'm going to fly yeah. around bashing off the walls. That's full Tom Cruise. They did something it's like just misplaced. Five takes of of that of yeah. that scene, which is crazy. Uh, I've I've gone ten out of ten. This yeah. is so cruisy because he had his hand in every single aspect of production. The fact that it's bad, you know, doesn't really kind of affect the cruiseness rating of it. This is his movie, basically, and he fucked it. He absolutely <laughs> fucked it up, and it's it's only like. The success of Mission Impossible Fallout is kind of what rescues his career after The Mummy, I reckon, because he was a li- people were wary of him after The Mummy because of, it was a, such a huge flop, um, and and then of course the success of Top Gun Maverick. I mean, he he he'll be campaigning for an Oscar pretty soon, I reckon, for his for for, for Top Gun Maverick. Um, but this lost money. This it may you know on a budget. That could be up to three hundred and forty-five million, but is estimated to be around one hundred and ninety-five. It made four hundred and ten. They reckon it lost about a hundred million dollars for Universal, which is not what you want from your big summer tentpole Tom Cruise movie. I mean, so Tom Cruise even had a hand in when it was released and how it would be released, and like the marketing strategies and stuff that was down to Tom Cruise as well. Demented that he would release this in June. What release it in October if you want to have even like half a hope of getting any Halloween money at all? Release your horror movie in October, you bellends. Honest, Adam. Adam. <laughs> yeah. The more you talk, the more this is really sounding like Black Adam. Yeah, I mean, because, I, which is, is set to lose yeah. fifty to a hundred million dollars because everyone banked on the idea that people would come out to see The Rock in a non known franchise but that's throwing stupid. money at the screen that's stupid though people do come out and see tom cruise no one's yeah. coming out to see the rock i'd rather come out to see a rock <laughs> uh <laughs> everything everywhere all at once <laughs> exactly i love Good the rock in movie that. is that your movie of the year it's up there it could be it's what, what is your movie of the year tom i haven't I, I i haven't got one i haven't come up why not other people Adam, other people don't sit there going what is my All movie right. of the year it's probably that or my top rankings gun of the year it could be top you gun my rankings of the year okay look if you're asking me for my my rankings of the year then that's what we'll nothing's do. nothing's got that's five fine, stars tom. this year for me nothing nothing got it we're on nothing. it tom don't worry i've got three films with five stars and i'll leave you in suspense as to what they are uh we're gonna go away i think i can't i don't want to talk about the mummy anymore I, I, it's drained the life out of me i have no soul left before we wrap up though it's obviously time for our long-running game only one of us is allowed to look at the IMDb trivia page for each movie this week. It's Tom. He's going to present me with three pieces of trivia. Only one of them is one that he's made up, and I'll have to discern which one that is in Two Crews and a Lie. Now, I desperately need your help, Gav and Steph, because when did Legend come out? Was it pre or post uh, Colour of Money? Pre. Pre. So we hadn't yeah. quite started putting money on it yet. Um, we started putting money in, in honour of Colour of Money. We started putting some bets down on this. And I've hit an unfortunate run of, of double or nothings. Uh, so at the moment, what is it that I owe you, Tom? At the moment, from the double or nothing thing, because it's just, it's just been unlucky, I think. It's just been unlucky. I owe you. One billion three hundred forty-two million one hundred and seventy-seven thousand two hundred and eighty pounds. 
Oh. Which was the budget of The Mummy 2 with Tom Cruise. Yeah, that's the proposed budget. Yeah, I mean, for that amount of money, Tom, you could make so many mummies. Yeah. Um, so, guys, I need your help discerning which one the lie is and which which other two are the crews. Uh, so, I guess, okay, with some trepidation, uh, take it away, take it away, Tom. Okay. Don't take it away, Tom. <laughs> Take it away, Tom. <laughs> okay, number one. The surnames Morton and Vale, belonging to Tom Cruise and Jake Johnson's characters, were taken from members of the real-life expedition team who first opened Tutankhamun's tomb. I don't think that's true. Because I don't, I don't recognise those names, and I know loads about Tutankhamun. You studied ancient so much. Egypt history? I would, ge- genuinely, right? I was genuinely obsessed with uh, Tutankhamun uh, when it... When it like, you know, not, I was going to say when it happened. <laughs> when it happened back then, that's not like, yeah. That's, <laughs> I definitely like, don't I'm think really... you are the youngest person on this podcast anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I fucking I'm a huge Tutankhamun fan. <laughs> I didn't realise you were four thousand years old. That's very that good. Is the most the most hipster claim I have ever you there, yeah, but I know I remember the early stuff. <laughs> Oh, fine. Okay. I don't. Uh, uh, it could be true. It could be true. Okay. No, All right. Number two. The book from Jekyll's library that Jenny uses to knock out an adversary is the book of a Moon Ra from 1999's The Mummy. No, that's not true either. <laughs> I'm a huge, a huge mummy stan. And it goes all the way back to my <laughs> fandom of Tutankhamun. Yeah. Uh,. I I don't think that they would have done that because it's a different continuity. There are nods to to stuff in in that thing, like you can see the hand of the creature from the back Black Lagoon, and you can see a skull of a vampire and whatever. Uh, not buying it, Tom. Not buying okay. it. Go for it, mate. Number three, Tom mm-hmm. Cruise personally requested Annabelle Wallace audition for the role of Jenny because he's a huge fan of Peaky Blinders. <sighs> no. No, I, I think you've made all of them up. Yeah. I think you've made all of them up. I fixed and the you, game. They're all lies. I, I, I think, I think that third one is the least true because, like, I mean, help me out, Gavin Steph, if I'm wrong here. But okay, yeah, I mean, what do you, what do you guys think? What do you guys think about this? I, I think the second one, but you know, I, I would also be in debt for nearly five billion to uh, Tom. So you know, you think the yeah. second one is the I, is the lie? I think Tom Cruise's ego might be a little bit too big to have put the book from the 1989 mummy in there. Yeah. And so I think that yeah. might be the lie as well. But can we see him watching Peaky Blinders? Well, that's the thing is we know he's not a Peaky Blinders fan because he doesn't have the haircut. Yeah. <laughs> have, have we ever seen him in a tweed waistcoat? Almost certainly. He might have been in a tweed waistcoat. Yeah, he might have been. And do you know what? He loves that curry house in Birmingham. Mm. And where is Peaky Blinders set? 
Birmingham. So maybe this that was... Okay, I'm going to go with Gav and Steph here. I think they've guided me in the right direction. <laughs> I think this is excellent <laughs> sleuthing from Gav and Steph, who would never steer me wrong in a million years. Number two is the lie, Tom. We've done it, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm finally debt-free. Oh, Adam. Yeah? What? Number one was the lie. Fuck off. <laughs> Are you joking? <laughs> no. Oh, I'm, uh, as, as such a big Toon Carmoon fan, I should have known that. I should have known that. Uh. I mean, we know, we've seen the Toon Carmoon posters on your wall. Like, we, we should have, you should have trusted yourself. That's... So I owe you... <laughs> <laughs> Two billion six hundred and eighty-four million three hundred and fifty-four thousand five hundred and sixty pounds. Yep. Happy with yourself or quite, yeah. Yeah. Well, that is how and why we play two crews and a lie. <laughs> Bastards. I can't believe you died. I really was really trusting you on that one. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. i you know, whatever, Gavin Steph. That's yeah. Uh, you've wound me up, to be honest. All right, where can people where where can people find your podcast? I dissuade them from listening to it. To be honest, but go on, you, oh, you guys. I, I don't think you need to dissuade them. They're not listening anyway. But um... yeah. <laughs> it's, right. it's the same as this one. Don't worry. I think we probably have a big Venn diagram of listeners, <laughs> and they are all on Zoom right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I don't listen to us. Uh, we, <laughs> I don't we're listen on to edit, so uh, that's the no. That 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 much is true. We're on Twitter as at Gavin Steph, and we can be found wherever you get podcasts. Essentially, Gavin Steph is as false as evil. We will link you in the show notes, and we'll tag you on Twitter and everything. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's been a joy as it always is. Uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us. Come and let us know what you think of the Mummy. Starring Tom Cruise. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Cruise Views Pod. Email us in something a little bit longer if you want. Cruiseviewspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're also on Letterboxd. Adam Glasspool. Tom Ashford. We do our little reviews over there, don't we, Tom? We do our little little Tom Cruise little reviews. Little star ratings, little reviews. Yeah, little star ratings of the Tom Cruise movies. And while you're doing that, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to watch American Made before next week's episode. This podcast will self-destruct in five seconds. Mm-hmm.